Wheeling Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Welcome to episode 296. Today we're reporting on the Redbird migration held February 8th through the 9th at the Aerospace Center for Excellence right here in Lakeland, Florida. You know, both Bill English and Eric Crump attended the migration and have some really interesting experiences. And uh, actually, today I have with me Eric, and uh, uh, Bill actually wasn't able to make it for this uh, little uh, summary that we have here. But Eric, this is awesome to, ha- to see you again here in Lakeland. Bill heard I was coming, and he said, uh, Eric's going to be there. I don't want to be there. Don't most people do that? The <laughs> we actually, it was actually fun getting to spend two days with Bill. You know, I rarely get to see him, and, and occasionally, you know, get you get to be on a podcast with him or whatever, but it's cool to get to spend two days with Bill. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do the pre-flight. You know, before we begin, just a quick shout out to all our, our Patreons out there. Thanks for supporting us, and thanks for uh, what you do with uh, the Scholarships Guide. And of course, that's the one that's over at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. It's only $10 for one-year access. We update it every month, and you can get one for free. And these scholarships are not just for people that want to get into aviation as a career. They're for you, the general aviation pilot, whether you want to get, oh, I don't know, a new rating, maybe get current. Maybe get a seaplane rating. There's all sorts of great stuff out there. We're adding to it every day, and we have over $120 million worth of scholarships. By the way, if you're looking one for one for free, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. Now entering cruise flight. Again, February 8th through the 9th in Lakeland, Florida, that was in 2022. They had this great Redbird migration. And uh, Redbird, if you've been uh, living under a rock for the past few years, Redbird is a is a really, really cool device. And I, I call it a device. It's an aid. It helps us become better pilots when we're talking about simulation. Really neat story behind Redbird. Before we start talking about uh, migration, uh, you know, what is Redbird? What are we talking about? It's a, it's simulation. There are simulators. Uh, but I think they've they've taken it to the next level to make it affordable. Yeah, the interesting thing about Redbird to me is sort of the uh, the origin story is near and dear to my heart. I'm a big fan of the uh, the uh, the business creation uh, moniker of fail fast, fail often. Um, and uh, Redbird is very much an innovative, disruptive company in the field of simulation. Um, if you if you rewind back to 2006, um, GA flight simulation was was non-existent really. I mean, you had PCADs back then, PCATDs, that were extremely limited in, in scope and, and certification from the FAA. Um, you could uh, apply some of that time toward instrument and virtually nothing uh, toward initial pilot training. So Redbird came along and said, what if we made flight simulation more affordable and more accessible to a wider GA population? Um, and originally came up with this crazy idea to go to a junkyard and get a Cessna Cardinal and chop the tail <laughs> and the nose off and build a flight simulator out of an airplane, uh, which sounded cool. And honestly, I would love to get in that simulator. It sounds really neat. Um, it didn't work at all. <laughs> it was a complete <laughs> failure. And so uh, they, they went back to the drawing board 
and came out which with a product that uh, many people in flight simulation or flight instruction now know as the FMX, um, a motion platform for an advanced aviation training device. So all Redbird products, all of the certified sims, uh, with the exception of the TD, are advanced aviation training devices. And then the TD, when you add rudder pedals to it, becomes a basic aviation training device. So from a credit perspective, now we're talking about a minimum of two and a half hours toward private, an extensive amount of credit added toward instrument, and then commercial also. Now, what does that mean? Well, if the whirly thing on the airplane isn't turning in the front, it costs a lot less to learn to fly, um, which is why um, I'm a huge believer in flight simulation. I always have been. When I was a young kid who really wanted to fly but couldn't afford it, like a lot of people, I had the first-generation Microsoft Flight Simulator. It was in black and white. You had to fly with the arrow keys because home joysticks didn't exist. Dating myself a little bit in that. Um, and I've had every subsequent version of uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator and X-Plane that have come out since that time. Um, I'm a big believer in it. I've seen the value in my own personal training, and that's why I own four of these devices at Polk State College. So, um, you know, I, we use them every day. They're actually, and, and for those of you that haven't picked up on this already, Carl and I rarely get to do these things actually sitting across the table from each other. And so I keep gesturing over my shoulder because the sim room is right behind me. Um, and there are, are four of uh, the LD class simulators um, in there right now. Um, it's, just, it's a cool story about disruption and about really coming into a market and creating creating a market that a lot of people said couldn't or shouldn't exist. And I think Redbird has turned that upside down. Absolutely. And one of the reasons I was uh, smiling during your, your presentation about their history was the fact that, yeah, we didn't have PC simulators back when I was doing this. And they had those Lynx trainers and then those other things that you put on the desktop that, I mean, they were great. And uh, they were a great tool then. This kind of kicks it up a, another thousand notches, I like to say. Uh, and so we talk about why simulation, why this is so important. Before we go into the actual uh, this migration and what that is, it, it is incredibly important in that, not just from a cost perspective, but I think from an educational perspective, I think your outcomes are actually are much better using the simulation. And I, I'm assuming that you've had quite a bit of experience and have seen the changes. Yes. I mean, it's crazy to go from, I remember when I was in uh, collegiate aviation, we had um, uh, the Frasca 141s, which were like a cockpit replica type thing with analog gauges. Um, and actually, when you turn it on, you could hear the electric motors whirring in the background. It, it almost sounded like prop noise. That's how loud it was. But at the, that was great. That was such an awesome training aid to not have to be in the airplane learning how to fly instrument approaches. But that's all it was for. It was for flying instrument approaches. Now, I think we've come to the conclusion that you can get in an advanced aviation training device like these behind me. We can teach radio communications, uh, traffic pattern operations, ground reference maneuvers. I have 220 degrees of view, so I can actually see behind me. I can see the wing strut. Um, I can actually fly and do maneuvers um, toward private. And it, forget even the flight stuff, just you know, uh, airport signage. We typically teach that right with pictures or an airport diagram. Well, we can get in the sim and just taxi around the Lakeland Airport here. And you have to not only look at the airport diagram that's in your lap, but match that out with the little bitty sign up in front of you. Now, do I turn left or right here? So we can learn those skills before we get in the airplane. Why in the world would you teach somebody how to talk on the radio in an airplane? It's such a such an ineffective and cost prohibitive way to do that. Except that's the way it that's the way it's always been done. But it doesn't have to be done that way. And flight simulation is the you know, the Rosetta Stone, really, to make flight training more efficient, both from a quality of training perspective and a cost to the student. 
You know, as as you're talking, I'm laughing because I remember 30 years ago, we were like, well, you can't do this in a flight simulator. There's no way. That's not going to replace but, us. But now we're actually, I mean, airline pilots are, are, are getting their type certification in a full motion flight simulator and, and getting in an airplane for the first time. And the, pa- the passengers in the back don't know that the person sitting in the front is that's their first time flying the airplane. But there was a time when you went out and practiced landings in a DC-9 in Miami. You got in the airplane and you got in the traffic pattern at Miami International Airport in a DC-9 and you learned to fly in the airplane. That It's not that long ago. Yeah, no, it isn't that long. I mean, my first two airliners, I actually had to go out there and do maneuvers. We actually simulated emergencies in the actual airplane, shut down engines, that kind of thing. Uh, Can they, you imagine doing do that. that today? Oh, my God. Could you no. imagine what airline could take any any of its fleet off the line for training today. Absolutely. It's and, not possible. And the other thing is hole loss. I mean, you had hole loss every so often. And uh, and you don't want that to happen. And here in the simulator, the hole loss is a reset button. Uh, so so I really am, I tell you what, I've learned so much in the simulator over the, the you know decades that I've been using them uh, on the airline side and even before that. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is that every, you think they're done with innovation, <laughs> but gosh, it's, it's just... All of a sudden, you turn the corner, and there's something new and amazing. And I know we're talking about Redbird and and certified products for logging flight time, but look at what you can do at home now. Look at the quality um, of the training you can you can participate in. You know, either through remote streamed instruction or practice you can do at home, and it's not just instrument anymore. We've got it's gotten to a place where monitors and even televisions are so cheap that you can create your own like really legitimate 172 in your house and the flight controls are so good. But again, not, not to go off from migration too far, but you know, Redbird saw that and took their super high end flight simulation components that they use in their certified devices. And you can buy those and use them at home. (laughs) So you're using it for training at home. Obviously you're not logging that time in your logbook, but you're still, but that's still valuable training time that you're preparing yourself to come in for a flight lesson. Absolutely, and just to, to close that topic and then migrate on to migration. Uh, oh, <laughs> see what you did there. That was clever. <laughs> that was clever. That's the first intelligent thing I've ever heard you say, Carl. Migrate to migration. migration. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> that's a new one. They're going to use that on their on their brochure. <laughs> the quote from Carl Valeri. But it really it's it's amazing what we've done and enabled ourselves to actually uh, get current in a in a simulator and. Uh, and that's something that I've also heard from people is that that is helping us as GA pilots is the fact that we can actually get current in one of these ATDs, PCATDs, advanced training device and flight training device and obviously simulators. But let's go back to migration. Something really amazing happened here. Uh, and it's something that I think has gotten bigger over the years and actually transcends Redbird now because Redbird migration brings a lot of folks together in the beginning that owned Redbirds, but it's doing more than that now, isn't it? Yeah, so it's funny. I've been to every migration except one. Really? Um, I, it's, and and I, I mean no disrespect to any of my friends who work aviation events other than migration. But And I've told the folks at Redbird this, migration is my favorite aviation event of the year because it is the most applicable to what I do. Okay, obviously having the Sun and Fun Expo on my campus certainly helps. It's, it's so much fun. You know, that's for that's fun to me. I enjoy it on a personal level, but from a professional standpoint, um, in terms of moving the needle on learning to fly, maintaining your proficiency, increasing your proficiency as a pilot, migration is really great to me. You've got all the right speakers, everybody you want to hear from, 
Mark Baker is there. Pete Bunce came and did a great presentation this time on the future of aviation fuels, both electric and um, non-leaded avgas, which is really interesting. Like you, you read some stuff, but you come and you're hearing from you know the president of Gamma, who's coming to tell you about what's 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 currently happening and what's coming next. We talk a lot about eVTOL. Um, but it goes from there all the way down to uh, McSpadden from ASI comes and talks about real accident data. You know, what ASI is currently dealing with, stuff they're seeing, trends that are emerging. Because the NAL report is spectacular, but by the you're, you're still two years removed from NAL data because it takes so long to get accident data reports finalized. This is real-life stuff. It's real-time information. Uh, Josh Harnagel presented on the state of flight training uh, survey, which Redbird just started last year, which is a great survey that goes out to the industry. Wouldn't it be great as a flight school owner or even as a pilot if you knew what the average rental price for a Cessna 172 was? That information is not available. We don't collect that as an industry, weirdly enough. So Redbird decided to start doing that, to start, what do you? what's the average rate that we pay uh, entry-level instructors and senior instructors and check instructors so that as an industry, we can all learn from each other? share information. What what are we doing? What's the goal? Really fascinating stuff. So, you know, Josh presented a really great comparison between the, the two years that the survey's been going on. Um, there's so much stuff, and then we're not even getting into the breakout sessions yet. It's just, it's a lot of information about the GA flying industry as a whole, and it all comes back to how can we use that information to improve flight training? Improve flight training, proficiency, also, uh, another thing, too, is that it, it makes it more, I think, accessible to many people because you talked about cost when you started, mm-hmm. and, and that's always been a big hurdle. We talked about scholarships, but not everybody applies for scholarships. This makes it so much more accessible to so many more people, and I think it lights the fire. I really do. I think it does. You know, this was the first migration that I can remember seeing this many people who were learning to fly or who were in the process of becoming flight instructors. In in the early years, it was a lot of flight school owners. That's who that's who I remember seeing at Migration. That's who came. Um, this year, I talked to tons of people who were in the process of becoming flight instructors, and they were coming to Migration to learn about how to be good flight instructors. And so it really is a flight training conference. It's not about uh, Redbird simulators. I mean, there's there, the simulators are there. You can put your hands on them. You can test out equipment. You The entire Redbird team is there, so it's your opportunity to ask all the questions you ever wanted to know the answers to. But it's not the focus is not come in and buy a simulator. The focus is we need to get together as an industry and improve how we do this as an industry, which is sorely needed. Um, and it's why it's my favorite conference, because that's my... If Eric had a passion project, it would be make make flight training better. You know, it's interesting you said that, Eric, because I, I get this all the time from flight instructors. And I'm talking full-time flight instructors. Do this as a living, you know, not going to the airlines. Um, why would I think about trying to either convince my flight school or invest in a simulator? Um, is it going to add to me? Is it accretive to my revenue? So one of the breakout sessions I attended was uh, Bob Hepp from Aviation Adventures, Um great flight school up in the DC area. Um, and Bob is just such a character. He's been a staple at migration probably since the beginning. Um, I just, I love him as a person. He's just the funnest person in the world to talk to other than you, Carl. Um, but <laughs> Bob did actually did a breakout session and the title, I went just because of the title um, because the title of his breakout was make more money, <laughs> which is a great breakout title session. 
Um, and really, th the core focus of it was why every flight school needs a flight simulator, because Bob was talking about margins and how thin they are, particularly when we're looking at flight school aircraft. So for those of you that are in the process of learning to fly, or maybe you're renting an airplane from a school, you're like, man, these airplanes are so expensive. It costs so much to rent an airplane. But your flight school is really only making like a two to three, maybe 5% margin on that airplane if they're lucky, particularly if it's leased back to them and they don't own it. So there's so there's so much cost in operating that aircraft. That's why it costs so much to rent that aircraft. The flight simulator, though, like the Sims behind me, um, I pay five fifty an hour as for for my service contract for those Sims. $5.50. $5, and that's what everybody always says. You mean five fifty, like five fifty? No, five dollars and fifty cents an hour. So Bob was Bob was pointing out when a flight school, you know, is charging fair market rent to use a simulator about half the cost ish or below of what an airplane costs. It's a 95% margin. So from the flight school perspective, I mean, your your cost to operate, it actually offsets some of your aircraft operating expenses. Um, you know, it, it does make a difference. I mean, I absolutely see that here. It's also a time multiplier. So your airplane, you know, you go out to the airplane, the tire's flat, maintenance is busy, they can't change the tire, so you're going to cancel the flight, right? No, go get in the sim. You can still go practice. You can keep your skills. Weather's bad. In Florida, hurricane comes. You can't, you know, you've got a week that you're not going to fly. Well, now here's an opportunity to keep your skills sharp or actually improve them because it is a more effective training environment. Absolutely. And that's something I think we have to drive home to all you flight instructors out there, either if you're doing it part-time, full-time, is the fact that it is revenue accretive for your bottom line as an individual flight instructor. It really is. And that's something that I've always done. I've used even those older flight, you know, those older simulators. Even if it doesn't count, it doesn't matter. We're going to learn something. And it's so much easier, quieter to do it in the room over here. You know, when I was instructing at Petrie DeKalb in Atlanta, a uh, super busy airport, incredibly busy Class D surface area. The school I was at had a, a larger, like, Frasca sim that was primarily used for multi-engine IFR training. That's that's what it was designed to do. So it really didn't make sense to put a, a private pilot in there. Even for instrument training, it really didn't fit. I brought my laptop from home, lowered the settings on Microsoft Flight Simulator to the lowest settings, and plugged a, a joystick that I bought at Walmart up to it for 20 bucks, and we learned instrument approach procedures. Now, did we log the time? No. But did, was it a huge time multiplier for my students? Yes. As an instructor, was I still getting paid to provide instruction? Absolutely. So, you know, I think a lot of instructors go into instructing to build flight time. That's a separate podcast. We can have that conversation later. That's that's way, that's way too much of a soapbox for Eric. Um, that can certainly be a priority. But at the end of the day, you know, the hours that we're logging are, are you know, maybe, you know, making us more proficient, I would hope, but also maybe leading us toward that next career, whatever it is that we're going to do in aviation, if that's our goal. But regardless, we're still getting paid. So for people who like to make their rent and be able to afford their food, do you want to cancel the flight entirely or do you want to convert it to a simulation activity? I think the, the, the answer there should be self-evident for most people. And, and the students, the weird thing about this data, I, I was shocked by this actually, when you looked at uh, the state of flight training survey data about flight simulate the attitude toward flight simulation, students thought flight simulation was more useful than their instructors did. And I wonder how much of that is, well, I, I just want the flight hours. That, that's not going to help me. 
Well, I mean, maybe not. It's Maybe it's not adding one more hour to your logbook. One, you're still getting paid. And quite frankly, if you're here to improve the quality of your students, which I'm hoping that's why you became a flight instructor was because you care about providing good instruction, it's making your student better. Mm-hmm. It's keeping your student's motivation level high. They're more likely to complete training. So in the long run, it's good for you. Yeah, also from that selfish perspective, it's also good for you in that you're learning too as you're teaching. And that actually will help you later on in an interview if this isn't your final job as a flight instructor. Yeah, Paul's relocate, shoot the approach again, as opposed to taking 15 minutes to get back to the initial approach fix in the airplane. You have more opportunities as the instructor to do more stuff if you're using simulation. You know, you talked about Redbird and having all these different, uh, you know, they had conferences and then and then this thing called breakout sessions. Tell us a little bit about that and and how those go and and how why that's so important in these conferences. So, you know, if you've been to conferences before, <laughs> you have some experience with this. Um, you, you know, conferences tend to go with these big keynote speeches. They bring in these big name people, um, spend a lot of money you know, and do these main stage presentations with 500 people in a room. There's very limited interactivity with that to be able to ask your questions. I mean, you, there is some, certainly, but, um, but not, not, it's not a direct conversation. I love migration because it does both of these things. You have the big keynote thing where the microphone goes around at the end for questions, but you also have a breakout session where you've got 20 people in a room and you can really drive down into a particular topic. If you're a flight school owner and you want to know how to make it more productive, maybe you should go to Bob Hepp's (laughs) Make More Money presentation. (laughs) Cloud Ahoy was there doing an awesome session on all their super powerful debrief tools and and crazily, like technology that can determine, oh, they were doing a steep turn. Mark it as a steep turn in the debrief, and then also grade it according to the ACS. Like, how crazy is that? Wow. As a debrief, to be able to prepare for your next lesson, what a powerful tool for a student to use to prepare for their next lesson. Um, you know, and I did not go to a single breakout session where I did not learn something. Every breakout session I went to, and I've been doing this for a minute, but every breakout session I went to, I learned new information. And I think it's such a great opportunity to get these, you know, industry folks, leaders in a room and say, here's my question. It's a great, it's a great interactivity uh, point that, you know, you lose if all you do is big main stage stuff. That's, that's the value of the breakouts to me. And during those breakout sessions, I think they've recorded some of them. I know they've recorded definitely the main speakers. And you can still go on, I think, and take a look at some of those. Yes. Yeah. The intention, I think, was to record all of the breakout sessions. Um, Don't be alarmed if you see me in one of them. Um, You know, I did a breakout about um, how flight schools can partner with local high schools to make uh, aviation opportunities more accessible to folks who just didn't know that aviation was an opportunity for them, which was me when I was <laughs> when I was in school. It's basically a presentation for the future Eric's of the world who would love to be a pilot, but they don't know how. They don't know who to call. They don't and you know, airports are scary now. There's barbed wire and security cameras and police everywhere. And people don't just like go out to the airport and hang out anymore. They can. There are opportunities for that. But all they see is stay out, you know, go away. Um, and so as flight schools uh, and flight programs and even flight instructors, we need to be the people who go into um, who go into the schools and say, here's an opportunity. Also, let's do a raffle. We're giving away a discovery flight. 
um, you, th- that's that's the next that's the next thing I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And by the way, if you want to find out more about that, we can go to the show notes here at stuckmikeavcast.com. Uh, look at it's migration.redbird.com to find out more about all those sessions. I didn't get to watch all of them, and it's so exciting. It's like Flight Sim Expo. Uh, you know, Redbird's also involved in that too. So Flight Sim really, Expo is awesome. It, it's it's, if you're a home simmer and you're absolutely. into that, you you. Find a way to get to Flight Sim Expo. It's like Christmas morning for Flight Sim geeks. I mean, it's just, it is the paradise. It, it sure is. And this kind of adds to it because if you find it at Flight Sim Expo and all those people that are hobbyists, a lot of them are pilots. You know, I fly with guys, and they, that's what they do. They sim when they go home, amazingly enough. Isn't that crazy? You know, it is. But they're flying like an F-18 or something like that. They're, they're doing other things usually. When I was in college, I joined a virtual airline. Oh, did you? So I signed. I forgot what the name of it. it was a cargo carrier, so it only flew at night. Oh, we, wow. they were published schedules. You had to go through a training program to prove you could actually <laughs> fly the airplane. You had to, you know, load the aircraft in a particular place, fly it, drop off the cargo, um, and there was a chat so that you could actually talk to, you know, the other people that were flying. It was like like text based air traffic control. This was a long time ago. Yeah. But and so my now wife would make so much fun of me. They're like, "So you go to school and you learn to fly during the day, and then you come back and at two o'clock in the morning you're sitting in your apartment flight simming, flying from Denver to you know Juno." Yes, absolutely. Yes, I am. <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's totally cool. And that's uh, you know it's funny because that's how I got into aviation. It was uh, started with models and, and flight sims. And and this might get many more people involved in aviation. It also help you uh, move forward in your life and your flying life. If you're somebody who's a full time instructor, I highly recommend you ch- checking out the migration coming up. Migration.redbird.com. Again, it's in the show notes. Uh, before we go, Eric, what what else did you? Or maybe if there's one or two things that shined in the conference that you learned, maybe you could share that with us. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll go back to the state of flight training thing. I think that that to me is such an important effort. It's such an important thing for us as an industry to talk more to each other. And I think if I had to boil down, you know, what is the number one value of the of Redbird migration? It's getting these people in a room to have a conversation and learn best practices and say, oh, I never really thought about doing that. Let me try that in my school. Um, and it's it's interesting when you come back every year over year over year. People, well, I, you know, I tried that at my school and it actually worked. We also did this thing, and it's just it's so interesting to see schools even on in the same area. It's funny they, you'd think, well, you know, everybody's here competing. It's going to be we got to keep all this a secret. It's not really that way. I mean, I think there mm-hmm. are definitely schools who feel that way for sure. But the schools who are coming to migration are there to share information and to improve what they're doing. Ultimately. Of course, they want to make money. If you're in business, the end goal is to make some money. But in my interactions with these folks, I see them valuing, just like I do, moving the needle and improving flight training. And I think that's that's what shines through. And it, it means something to me that Redbird as a company hosts this conference. And I will say it's free. Redbird does not charge you to attend. It's two days of programming and a lot of food. And it's a, it's a free event. You can attend in person or virtually. So if you can't get wherever it is, you can still log on. After the fact, you can go back and watch the videos. Redbirds really, they've said we're committed to this. They've, they've put their money you know, where their mission is. And I think that's, that's important. Um, it's important that, that, that that's, somebody has to be the thought leader in that. Um, and then other people will fall in. I think there were 200 or so folks, maybe 250 in person. And then almost that many, I think, online. 
so it's just such a it, it's such a great thing because it's it's really us getting together and trying to make this better for everybody else. Yeah, you don't have to own a Redbird; just be interested in aviation. Correct. That's it. And uh, yeah, Eric, this has been awesome having you here. Thanks for taking the time. First of all, I know we've got a million and one meetings going on. Uh, you know, before it's just we, nice to see you. It, yeah, yeah. It's Normally, awesome to, you know, you know, it's it's an audio podcast, but we do try to you know do Skype so we can at least see one another, whatever when we're recording it, but. It's always been weird to me, like when you actually moved here. I was like, "Well, I'm going to see Carl so much," but you know, you're busy. You got busy. a lot going on. Uh, it's not like I'm hurting for work. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other this, a minute ago. We were having a Zoom meeting. <laughs> so, if anybody's looking for flight students, I've got a few I can loan you. Like we are bursting at the seams. Absolutely, um, and we're super busy. But at the same time, I mean, what a good problem to have, right? Absolutely. Hey, a year ago, you remember, Eric, I was talking about, man, I don't have any clients. Yeah. And I do all those interview preps on the other podcast. And boy, I tell you, now I, I can't sleep at night. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I've had to kind of slow slow the roll there on that. Yeah. Um, well, I, which, I, I believe that my students are keeping you busy, too. Yes, so. they are. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. As a matter of fact, going into a, a flight team meeting now, that's another reason I'm here on campus. Uh, but uh, oh, and another thing, too, I guess we should make the big announcement. couple things happening. Uh, lots of things going on in my life lately. And as you know, that this, this is all done by volunteers, this podcast, uh, is that first of all, I'm going to training. We're still going to do a twice a month podcast, the middle and the end of the month for Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, but I am actually heading to upgrade training on the airline I work for. So uh, it's going to take a little time out. So I'm trying to get some some folks to do some interviews. The main thing uh, I'm wondering about, though, do I have to start referring to you as captain? captain? Yes. Is yeah. that going to be a thing? Absolutely. Because that's usually a thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. When I come down the hall, I just say captain, my captain. I know. It's just it's subservience. I'm yes. going to bow and move over. Right. I'm going to move yeah. over so you have a pathway to walk through. <laughs> <laughs> this is but, somewhat relevant. I know it, we're trying to finish, but if you have not seen the video, <laughs> did you, have you seen it? <laughs> on Avweb, it is the funniest. I'm thing. laughing because I love that video. Oh my goodness! Paul Pertorelli is sitting in a Piper Cub with. Yeah, we'll link with, to it with like 25 epaulets <laughs> on, talking about being a flight. It's 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 sort of well, if you know Paul, it's lightly making fun of flight instruction, but it, it's just it is one of my favorite. Every semester in flight instructor ground school. That's, the, That's you have to watch go-to. this. It's a we're, great one. We're definitely going to put that in the show notes. Captain Valeri. Captain, yes. Uh, I've been a captain before, but at a regional for many years, I was a captain there. Uh, very excited about this. But the only downside is we have this event coming up, and uh, from Stuck Mike Avcast, a lot of people have been really busy. Uh, Eric Crump will be at uh, Sun and Fun. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Russ Rosleski will be there. I think Bill English is going to show up for a while. But unfortunately, I am not probably going to be there. I'm, I'm trying so hard to get them to move my training but that's the announcement is that i won't be doing sun and fun radio probably this year uh, uh it's a 99 percent chance i won't be there so if you're coming to see me please come see all the other folks at uh, i say good Cat. riddance to bad rubbish yes. come on yeah. come on yeah. sun and fun you'll actually have fun this year because carl's Carl not there. there i knew he was gonna <laughs> no, say we're that. gonna miss you man um i mean you know you and i met finally after being twitter yep. friends for a long time we actually finally got to meet at sun and fun many 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 years ago when both of us were doing different things than we are now yes. Absolutely. Um, and so it, it'll be weird to be at Sun and Fun and not have you there. But, I mean, you know, upgrading is upgrading. It, it is what it is. I have a job and I have to pay the bills. Our Picks of the Week. Eric, I know I'm going to start with you. What is your Pick of the Week? 
So one of the cool products or product services that Redbird uh, debuted at um, at Migration was this new tool called Redbird Pro. And so it's a way to maintain your proficiency and grow in proficiency beyond just using the sim to learn to fly. This is an app. It's in the App Store today. You can go actually go get it right now. It's in the Apple App Store and also Google Play. Um, it works on basically anything, but it allows you to uh, take a baseline flight and a little quick knowledge test to figure out what your current level of proficiency is and then give you customized training recommendations to help you maintain and improve your proficiency along the way. It's that it's the bridge between the flight reviews um, that we've all sorely needed in aviation for a while. And going out to the airport and renting that airplane may be expensive. It may be cost prohibitive or, or location prohibitive. There's a lot of places in the United States that you can't get in an airplane and fly right now because they're under snow. Um, but you can easily get into a sim and do these training activities. Really cool uh, scenario-based training activities, quizzes, articles, the whole deal. It's a great product, um, and I, I highly recommend it. I've uh, tested it a little bit myself. Awesome. And you can find that at gift.redbirdflight.com. Uh, dot com. It's in the show notes at the bottom of the, under the uh, after landing checklist and the picks of the week. By the way, don't forget, you can look at all the picks of the weeks from past episodes right there on Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, my pick of the week is actually the story of Redbird. I think it's a cool story. We talked about it. You can find out more at redbird.com, redbirdflight.com at the about section. And uh, and also, one of the things that I think is really important is to, to try to go to some of these conferences. And I'm going to have that in the show notes too at migration.redbirdflight.com. I think that's awesome, right? Right there, the the fact that you can actually look at these afterwards. Again, thanks for coming. This has been awesome. Actually, I I'm, I came here, didn't I? <laughs> you came, and yeah. so I, basically, we're we're in my conference room. Yeah. Um. So thank you for coming, and to all of you listening, thank you for coming as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have you. This is so many people in this room. We can barely even breathe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. If you're if you're somebody that's interested in aviation, wants to help someone else out. Uh, and move forward in their career or also the flying life. Go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash pay it forward. You can also go to stuckmygavcast.com slash pay it forward. We have a link there too where you can give away a free scholarships guide. It's only $10 and you can change someone's life. Also, another thing, do me a favor is when you're done with this, go check out the show notes, look at the links and do something, do some aviating. Do something right after this that'll, that'll actually make you a happier aviator. And and by that meaning that'll make you more proficient. Uh, maybe it's something that you'll look into Maybe it's something like looking into a gift certificate to do your first flight. Maybe it's looking at that next rating. But I really, what I want you to do is get out there and do some aviating today. Well, folks, we really appreciate you uh, listening to us today. We'll talk to you next episode. And safe flying out there. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.